Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, today is Halloween. So I decided... Let's speak on the scariest topic for preachers to preach on. (laughs) Generosity. And let's make it a whole month, not just one day. There's nothing like speaking on giving or generosity to put fear in the heart of most preachers and most people who listen to those preachers. (laughs) In fact, we we love, and just in the the same spirit, there are some who, uh, who love to hear these messages. They like to put on that mask of the hero because they know that they can just give and look how much I am giving, assemble the gifts and send them out. Uh, Some of us really enjoy that. We look at giving as an opportunity to be heroic. Some of us, though, we just wish we could, uh, as soon as we hear about giving, we kind of wish we could just be a ninja and we maybe feel guilty that we're not giving as much as we should or... Or maybe uh, we, we don't earn enough and we think we're not giving enough and uh, this is going to really affect me. And so we just wish we could kind of slink off into the darkness like a ninja. Maybe that's you. Some of us, we instantly go into enemy mode. And the preacher begins to look like a stormtrooper who's trying to get into my wallet. Or maybe you yourself feel like you need the armor to protect you from whatever is coming. But can I say to you today, what if there's something different? What if fear? What if guilt? What if stinginess? What if the mask of heroic giving are all just that? What if they're actually just masks? That there's something deeper in who we really are. What if generous is who you really are, is who you were really created to be? What if generosity is more than just money? Did you ever think about that? What if being generous is more than just about money? If so, that's what we're going to be exploring all throughout this month. And so I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles here or online, however you get them, in book form or in app form, find your way to Genesis chapter 1. It's right at the beginning, so if you're new to the Bible, that's okay. Just turn a couple of pages and you'll find it. We'll be at Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to read... What at first is not going to seem like a passage about generosity. But hang with me. I think there's something here for us to see. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to begin at verse 26. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. The only commandment we've never had struggles with. 
Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that he, well, saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. Now, some of you are scratching your head. What's this got to do with generosity? I mean, I thought this passage and this part of the Bible was just, you know, kind of a creation narrative so that we could fight against the the evolutionists and the scientists. What has this got to do with generosity? Can I just for a moment put a little wonder into your reading of this passage that has often been hijacked for the purpose I just mentioned. But maybe, just maybe, this passage wasn't about fighting a scientific community that didn't exist when it was written. But it was really meant to show us the kind of God we sing Alleluia about and to. That this really begins to show us what God is all about. Now, we're not going to take the time today, but if you were to read from verse 1 through verse 25, you will see what kind of God we see here. And this God is a God who subdues chaos and makes space for life to flourish. So if we go back to verse 1, it begins and and shows that the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Why? Because life doesn't flourish in the darkness. And, And so he creates light and divides that so that life can begin to flourish. And then he, the water is there, and so he divides the water, and this is the water above and the water below, the sky and the seas. Why? So that in the dark light pattern, now there's space for life to flourish. And land comes up to divide the seas, and we begin to see that as those waters of the seas are divided, then there's space for life to flourish in plants and trees. And then in the midst of that, out of that, there begins to be formed animals and creatures and things. Just life begins to flourish. This is our God. He subdues chaos and makes space for life to flourish. Are you with me? This is good news. Good. Thank you, Noah. That was an amen if you didn't catch that. This God creates space for life to flourish. And this is done, most ancient scholars even who write about this passage, whether Jewish or Christian, say this is because of God's generous character. That out of nothing He created so that life could flourish. And He does this simply because of His generosity. But God was not done. 
You see, God had created, subdued the chaos so that life could begin to flourish. And life is flourishing. But he says, I want some partners. I want some generous partners who will be my image, who will continue this work of subduing chaos so that life can flourish where I have placed them. It's beautiful. And so we get to our passage where he says, let us create humankind in our image, in the likeness, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the seas and the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move on the ground. He says, I want them to be like me. I want them to have this generous character. I want them to subdue chaos and, and create space for life to flourish. Now, in reading this passage, I realize that some of us, our, our attention gets drawn right to that word, rule over. And, and in some of your translations, it will say, take dominion over. And so we, we associate dominion with dominate. We tend to think in terms of ruling in power, to subjugate, to dominate, and to maybe even use violence accordingly. Can I tell you, that is not the word that is used for dominion over or for ruling. The Hebrew word there is actually the word radah. It's pretty simple to say. You'd like to say that with me, wouldn't you? Ready? One, two, three. Radah. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Radah. And radah has this understanding more of authority, a type of ruling. In ancient cultures, your rule was said to be good or bad based on was life flourishing. And so it's important when we see a word like radah that we begin to ask the question, what kind of rule does God demonstrate or show in the world what we've seen so far is a god who creates space for life to flourish and he's generous and he longs to have partners who will do the same kind of ruling in that world that he has created they would be generous partners who cultivate who nurture and show forth a place where they're creating space for life to flourish. It really is that idea of really knowing that this is the kind of rule, this generous ruling, creating space for life to flourish that you and I were created for. And that is why we are called and looking at generosity all this month. This word, radah, really takes on connotations much like a shepherd who leads a flock to more grass so that they can have life. Or a gardener who trains a plant. It got me thinking, maybe this will help you, got me thinking about morning glories. How many of you plant morning glories? Anybody? We have them. We love them. It's one of Lori's favorite flowers, flowering plants. Morning glories, though, they take a little bit of nurture. You have to create space for them to flourish, for life to flourish. You can't just go and throw them on the ground. They'll just die. You, you actually have to soak them in water overnight to get them ready, to prepare them for the life to flourish. Then you have to pick a place where they're going to get some sun. 
quite a bit of sun. So morning sun would be good, thus the name. Then you begin to see when you do that, if you just left them there and there was nothing around them, let's say you just plant them in the middle of your backyard, oh, they, they would send out some things, but there wouldn't be the life that is needed. What you need is you have to move some of the chaos by incorporating a string or a post or something along that line. And when you begin to do that, when you tame the chaos, and when you prepare it for life to go, they, you are showing Radha, and they move. Now, you also have to trim them back. Because if you don't, they will kill whatever they're growing up. If they find a tree... They'll cover it. And so you rada, you trim them back, you guide them, you move them so life can flourish. This is generosity. This is the kind of rule when God in his generosity wants generous partners like you and me and says, rule over the land, the sea, the fish, the birds, the plants. It's not just consume them. It's nurture them so that more life can flourish. It's a generous lifestyle that we are called to. This is God's ruling image. And this was God's idea. Fancy that. Look at what it says in verse 27. And so God created them. It was his idea. He had this idea that he wanted part generous partners to rule like he does to create space for life to flourish. And so the Bible tells us He created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. So we all get in on this. It's good news. Nobody's left out. We're all called to rule in this generous manner, like this generous God who created all that there was. In fact, this is interesting. The Latin word for generous is generosus. Don't you want to feel smart? Just say a Latin word today in church. Ready? Generosus. Ready? One, two, three. Generosus. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Generosus. Generosus literally means of noble birth. How much more noble can you be than to be created in the very image of the generous God who at the beginning of all things created space for life to flourish, for your life to flourish and my life to flourish. And it is in that image that you and I are created. How much more noble of a birth can we have, my friends, than to be known as image bearers of God. Don't let generosity scare you. You were created for this. It's who you are. It's who we are. If you haven't read uh, the story, or I guess it's a journal called The Kindness Diaries, uh, pick up a copy. I think it's become a series maybe on, on television or something, but the, the main guy just decided to go out and look for kindness and generosity in the world. And so he has literally traveled all over the world, 90 different countries, simply on the kindness of strangers. 
That would be scary for you and for me. But he goes out and he says, I know we hear all the scary things, all the chaos that's out there. But he says, deep down, I have a belief that human beings have kindness in them. And he has done this time and time again. The only thing he says, I cannot take money from anyone. This is not about finances. It's about survival. It's about food, maybe some shelter, maybe some transportation here or there. In 90 different countries he's been to. And he says, I'm often surprised at who shows that generosity and that kindness. We believe this in the church of the Nazarene. We believe that this is the image that we were created in. And I know we also believe that somewhere, and we get that to that in chapter 3, Human beings decided, I'm going to determine what generosity means. I'm going to determine what kindness means. And we decided to put on the masks that I've, I've shown you today. And we broke that image of generosity, of being generous people in the world, the generous partners of the generous God. We broke that. But we also, in the Church of the Nazarene, believe in this thing called prevenient grace, the grace that goes before That God still allows and helps us even when we're unaware, not perfectly, but to show kindness. And when you see that in someone else, in someone that you know for certain isn't even a follower of Christ, you can just scratch your head and say, wow, God, your image is buried deep there. And maybe, just maybe, in the generosity that God gives you in that relationship, you may be able to help them to find their way to the image of God, which is Jesus. And he might begin to put that broken image back together. And when that happens, watch out for the generosity that comes out because that is who you were created to be. Let's move on. Verses 29 and following is that part of where God talks about food. We love those parts. My favorite parts of the Bible. Food. This shows us something about what gen- not just what generosity is, but what generosity does. God isn't content just to create life. God then also wants to look to how that life is sustained. Did you need to hear that this morning? Because sometimes I think we wake up in the morning and we just feel like we're just existing. Like I have life and I don't know. I want to remind you today. I want to remind you online today that God didn't just create your life. God is concerned about how your life can be sustained today in this moment. That is the generosity that we see in this God. See, God's generosity is displayed in gift. God's generosity is displayed in gift. You may want to write this down. I think a good definition of generosity is gift. A genuine interest for them. Generosity is shown in gift. Genuine interest for them. And I chose that word them specifically because it means for everybody who's not you. That means if you're being generous, I mean, think about this. If you're being generous, it means that you are showing or expressing a generous interest in someone who is not you. It's them. And God is the very embodiment of genuine 
interest for the sake of someone else, for them, for you, for me. And he wants us as partners in this generosity to live into his image of being people of gift who have a genuine interest for them. For someone who is not a part of us. For someone who is not me. It's them. And that's where my genuine interest lies. So what genuine interest for them could you give if you lived into the true image that God has created you and me to be? That's the question. We're not going to be like talking about how much money could you give. We're talking about how much genuine interest for others could you be involved in in this month, this greatest month of generosity ever. Where can you show that? The masks are not really you. His generous image is who you were created to be. What if we lived into that this month? What about a gift of time? What about a genuine interest for them when it comes to time? When it comes to time. That, what about that person who just has that ability to just kind of dominate the conversation with what's going on in their life? Could you give them just a little more time this month? In genuine interest for them, not in how much longer until I can get out of this. Generosity can show itself and express itself in time. Husbands, wives, for one another. Where could you express genuine interest for them? When it comes to your time, maybe you plan something, a date or something, a time away. What is that genuine interest for them expressed in time? Parents to kids or adults to parents, kids to parents. Where could you show some genuine interest for them when it comes to time and spending some of that with them? That generosity helps you live into who you were created to be. What about genuine interest for them when it comes to caring? To just expressing something. Maybe you have a genuine concern and care for the earth. Maybe this month you want to spend some time. It's a good time to plant those trees. Get out there. Dig some holes. Buy some trees. Stick them in the ground. Show and express some of that generous character that God created in you for the world by doing something that shows your caring. Maybe for some of you, you're concerned about homeless people, and we have quite a few here in Kalamazoo. Maybe it's time. Maybe you can express genuine interest for them by finding where they are, by spending time with them, by giving them food or helping them in some way or or partnering with one of the organizations in our town like Loaves and Fishes or the Gospel Rescue Mission. What could it be if you express generosity, if you express genuine interest for them by doing something that you care about or that is concerning for you, for someone else? You see how this goes way beyond money. And yes, it includes money. What about a genuine interest for them 
when it comes to our finances. You've already heard, and I'm only going to give one example, because the examples are everywhere of where your money could go. One that I love about our church and about the Church of the Nazarene is that we are connected. And that means that we, as a church, determine to give out of what you all give in, out into missions work. And our mission thanks offering comes up November 21st. And we usually leave it open for an additional week so, uh, so that anybody who wants to participate can. What if we showed our genuine interest for them, for them, whoever they are, by just, I don't know, come up with something creative. God created you to be creative in your generosity. What if you determine everything that's loose change in my billfold or in my pocket goes into an envelope and that's going to be part of my thank offering? I would love, as your pastor, not to see the amount go, but I would love to see 100% participation. I mean, send your kids out into the parking lot to look for nickels. They can participate. And help them understand that they were created as in the image of generosity itself. And that they can take genuine interest for them, for the sake of someone around the world that they will never meet. And they can spend a nickel or a penny or a quarter to be able to help someone have clean water. Or to have someone get an education. Or someone in one of our Nazarene hospitals. Or to have someone who can be educated in one of our Nazarene seminaries around the world. Or, yes, most importantly, find Jesus in one of the churches or by, through one of the missionaries that we send with those offerings. Genuine interest for them. Where will you express your image. Where will you show how you were created? What gift will you bring this month as we have the greatest month of generosity ever? Are you ready? Are you ready to live into that image? I pray you are. Let's bow our heads for prayer. God, thank you for your generosity that created space for life as we know it to exist. Your generosity literally encompasses the cosmos. And yet somehow, somehow, You decided you wanted partners in your image to continue the tradition of generosity, to continue to have genuine interest for them, for someone else, or for something else. And so you created us that we might show that continuing generosity in our world. Father, I know that we often have settled for a mask instead of your image. So on this day, at the beginning of this month of Sundays, that we will look at generosity. 
Would you call us and help us to take off the mask? If we have never placed our trust in Jesus, would we right now say to Him, Jesus, come into my life. Help me to take off the mask that I hide behind and to live into your genuine in your in your generosity, your generous image. Develop in me a genuine interest for them, for others. Whether it's with my time or caring or service or yes, even in my finances. Father, help us as a church to rise. Your scripture calls us the body of Christ. And if there's one thing that people know about Jesus is that he was generous. He did not withhold even his own life for our sake. So help us to trust in him, to live in his image in our world. May we hear your voice calling us to give a gift, to express genuine interest for them, whoever is in front of us. And we pray this in the generous name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the generous Son who is with us, and in the name of the generous spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. Are you ready for this month? It's not too scary, is it? We're going to have some fun. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, may you, my brothers and sisters here in the building and online, wherever you're watching from, May you live into the image of the generous God who created you to be his image. May you dare to ask the question, where can I give a gift of genuine interest for them? In front of every person you come in contact with, in every concern that you have. And may you find that image shining forth as a bright light in our dark world. I pray this would happen in your life and mine in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. God bless you. Go in peace. Go in his name. Go in his generosity. Say hello to a few folks on your way out. Thank you for joining us online. May God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.